Welcome to the Transform Podcast, the podcast devoted to discussions of how the biblical worldview transforms all of life. I'm Corey Barnes, and with me is my co-host, Aaron Rice. A couple of weeks ago on Transform, we discussed work from a biblical theological perspective. and We ended that discussion by highlighting how the gospel renews our mission for work, focusing especially on Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. What we want to do on today's episode is to talk about how this redeemed mission of work should affect the way we pursue our careers and daily work. So not just looking at it from a theological perspective or from a theoretical perspective, but instead looking at how our theology drives practice and work. Um, so Aaron, what, what kind of stuff is brought up just practically whenever we consider this unique mission for work? I think that we see that God is a provider of work. He not only provides the desire within us to work, but he provides us with the area and the sphere of influence that we're going to have. And so as we're looking at this, we see God's provision and the way that God provides uh, for our necessities, and then he provides for our spiritual necessities. Because we see work not only as an opportunity for us to gain the things that we need to eat and take care of us and the clothes on our back, but we also see it as a way that God moves us to become more like Christ. Because these things that we're doing, whether we love our job or whether we're not so in love with our job, God uses those things to um, make us into the person that he longs for us to be. Yeah, well, let's, so let's go so, through so, a few questions just to help flesh that out as far as applying that. So first, when we talk about work, especially from a Christian perspective, we need to ask the question, is there a difference between vocational ministry, right? And I'm putting that in air quotes because I'm not quite sure what it means sometimes, and other professions, which I think is especially important for you and I who started our education seeing this really clear track into classically defined vocational ministry in the church, which we're both doing in various capacities, but have also found the bulk of our careers taking place in the academy, which is not directly in that vocational ministry realm. So, yeah, I I mean, whenever I was thinking through these ideas, um, there's not a real big difference in my mind whenever I'm thinking about going into, um, say, a calling or a career. And really, whenever one sits down and feels like they're called into ministry, Well, there are kind of guideposts that go for that. Do you have the skills? Are you skilled in speaking? Are you skilled in uh, conversing and meeting one another's needs? Are you skilled in communicating with someone? And do you have the ability to read? Do you like to read? Do you like to delve into the scripture? Do you like to see history and how that influences a missional movement? Do you like to see how philosophy really impacts ministry? And so you've got to have those skills, those desires, and those giftings to go there. And then whenever someone that's maybe not feeling called into ministry but is considering a career path, they're having to ask the same questions, right? Mm. You're having to say, okay, if I'm going to be a music educator, do I like music? Do I like kids? Mm -hmm. Do I like to interact with parents? Do I like to interact on a broader um, spectrum with administrators? Now, uh, that those questions need to be answered and with honesty and with candor within oneself. So it's pretty similar. They may feel a calling to that, a desire. Oh, I feel like I need to speak into that realm. Um, so I think that there is a, a really big similarity in those. And you may not have skywriting for either of them to say, oh, you need to go into vocational ministry or, oh, you feel called to be a Christian business person. You know, mm-hmm. those things are similar. 
uh, in that. And I think that um, one of the next questions that we get into kind of speaks to that a little bit more. Is it wrong to work with a job that I hate? You know, yeah. the, with that going on. Yeah, and I've I've had that job that I that I hated when mm-hmm. uh, Kayla and I were in seminary. Whenever I was, I think I was working on my master's degree. Um, I took a job for, you know, basically uh, just a process-oriented assembly line sort of work. And, uh, man, it was miserable. That's not how my mind is wired, doing the same task over and over and over without having to employ any type of problem-solving mm-hmm. skills or anything like that. Well, I just I really didn't like it. Now, I was working alongside of people who did this, did it well, did it with excellence, found fulfillment in it, and made rich careers out of it. They genuinely enjoyed this. And it didn't make me good and them bad or me bad and them good. There was a difference in how they perceived that work. Now, was it wrong for me to do that? No, I look back at that as in seeing that season as a time of glorifying God by providing for my family because that's the avenue that God had opened up through a job that I really didn't like. Now, because of the way that God had wired me, uh, there was, and because there were opportunities that came along for me to provide for my family through other means, and that's the key, I left that job to go into mm-hmm. other work. But I want to say there are people and have been many people throughout history who have glorified God by going to jobs that they genuinely did not enjoy because that's the avenue that God had opened for them to provide for themselves and their families. And in doing so, they glorify God through doing a job that they didn't enjoy. Right. And just like I was talking about a few minutes ago, I find it uh, especially... Uh, relevant whenever you're in a job that potentially you don't see as your dream job, that you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking in those moments as a means for uh, edification and sanctification. I mean, you obviously can have that in a job that you love, but many times it forces us to focus on, okay, God, how are you speaking to me? How are you molding me into the image of Christ through this job, if it's uh, um, an assembly line job or whatever it is, you're f- having to intentionally think, how is God using this in my life to make me uh, into the the image of Christ in these moments? Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty important as we do that. And then the the next question is the obvious one: Is it wrong to to love a job? Um, and the answer for that is obviously no, because going back to one of the earlier questions that we had. Uh, does this job, uh, are you equipped for this job? Are you given the uh, gifts for this job? Do you enjoy this job? And the, the answer for that is obviously a yes. Mm-hmm. And so whenever we're talking about do you love a job and is it wrong to do that? No, it may bring you even greater fulfillment than a job you may not love. And that gives you a sense of, of uh, fulfillment and desire to do even better there as opposed to having to cultivate that in another job that's already cultivated in you because you have those desires. But those are the things that, that God uses uh, in our lives for those jobs that we love to can you continue to help us to press on, to be even better in those things and to develop those skills and maybe even an influence in those areas that we may not have had in another area. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think what you just said also helps us answer our last question kind of in this area which is how do I know when it's time to change jobs? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, essentially, I want to make clear, we're looking first at work being the normative way that God provides for individuals and for the family. So if there is an opportunity to move into a job that continues to make that provision, but is more in line with the way God has created you in the un- unique vision that he has equipped you to have and the unique vision he's equipped you to fulfill in your work, 
then make a change in job, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it's important for us to realize that this mission that we're looking through, this lens of Colossians 3.17, begins with whatever you do. So so the mission of work that, that has been redeemed by the gospel, uh, it can be applied through any vocation and through any job, but there's a particular value to doing a job that you feel created and called mm-hmm. to do. And so I think we should be on the lookout for those things. Uh, I think we also ought to show wise and godly contentment when God places us sure. in a job and says, this is this is where you need to plant. We need to make sure that we go through seasons of difficulty, that we go through seasons of frustration, knowing that this is the job that God has made me in a special way to fulfill. So I think that there's tremendous value in that. I feel tremendous value in that. It's worth noting to our listeners, I mean, we're at work right now. Like we're sitting in my office at Shorter University. How many times do you get to to have a job where you get to sit down with a friend and talk through important matters for the service of the church and the people of God? We're getting to do that right now. And so I feel tremendously fulfilled in the right. vocation that God has called me to. So let's let's look at this next part. So not only are we looking at whatever we do, but also in word and in deed that we're doing everything in the name of Jesus. So this brings up the question, how is my work as a Christian different from the work of a non-Christian? So how is it that, that Christians are to see themselves as different? And I think we need to start with the understanding there may not be a difference, right? right. Like it could be that Christians and non-Christians, as far as the, the outside view of work, that Christians and non-Christians should, could be doing work in the same way. In fact, it might be very possible that non-Christians are both more skilled and at times harder workers than Christians. So this raises the question, what is different about a Christian worker? How does this mission show any type of outward fruit? I think really a lot of that has to do with intentionality. If you think about um, some of the hallmarks of a great worker, right? Diligence, uh, productivity, the way that they uh, focus on their job, they come and are born out of a Christian worldview, and they dovetail beautifully with that, right? And so just because um, someone that doesn't see the world through the lens of the Bible, that just because they don't see the world through, through the lens of the Bible doesn't mean that they can't uh, exhibit these types of working values. And so as a believer, I think the, the hallmark of the believer is the fact that they're doing it intentionally, right? They're intentionally seeking to be industrious. They're intentionally seeking to be diligent so that what they're doing gives them a platform for the gospel. It gives them a platform to be someone that honors God. And so whenever they say, what's the difference between me and, and my, my co-worker? Well, the difference is that they're both hard workers. They're both working to their end of their means. And yet there's the um, reason why. And for me, it would be to honor Christ and so that I would build a platform to, to make relationships and the opportunity to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. So you're covering a lot of things there that I think just get us into non-negotiable traits that Christian workers must show. In other words, Christian workers are not called to necessarily rise to the top of the company. Christian workers aren't called to be the person that everyone looks to and say, ah, that's the most skillful skillful person at this line of Mm -hmm. work. But there's some non-negotiable. And one that you mentioned is diligence. Um, I think of Proverbs 6, 6, right? So go to the the ant, you sluggard, and be wise. In other words, the, the scriptures reveal to us this example of the diligence of the ant who is doing work day by day there ought to be something of that in a christian worker that that how however skillful we might be um whatever giftedness and talents god might give us that we are diligently approaching our work day by day 
Um, and, and again, the scriptures admonish us to look to something as simple as the ant that does these tasks repetitively day by day for this example. Now, does that mean that I'm necessarily the hardest worker at the, the job? Uh, no, there might be some that outwork me. Uh, does that mean that I'm going to be at my job the longest period of time? No, the biblical worldview is calling me to consider multiple areas of responsibility, right. of which my job is one. So actually what ought to mark me in my job is that diligence within the parameters of the job, um, that, that I'm working for the mission of the job that God has given me, not just self-promotion within the organization. That means there's going to come a time where I put down my diligent work at my job, and I go and I'm diligently working and leading my family and right. working in my church and working in other areas. So I think that's one is diligence. Now, what about productivity? Is productivity a non-negotiable for a Christian worker? I mean, I think it is. I mean, we've got to have a desire to be people that um, make the most of our time and do the very best, making sure that not only whenever we're at the job and we're there doing our thing, but that we are doing the most that we possibly can. And I think that that comes from the desire to be diligent, but also to be uh, effective while we're there. So we're seeking to hone those skills, right? We're going to sharpen our acts so that we are effective, that we're producing quickly, so that we are uh, the very best that we can be for the time that we've set aside to work there. And so I think that that for the Christian is a big deal, right? We want to honor the Lord with the way that we spend our time while we're there using the skills and the intellect and the gifts that we've been given to really amplify our work so that it is um, ending in uh, accomplishing the mission of the organization, right? So we're seeing that not only are we there for a time, but while we're there, we're giving our very best and we're making sure that we're continually growing in the skills so that we're developing the company or, or the organization. Yeah, and this gets to the definition we gave of productivity a couple of episodes back where we said that productivity increases our capacity to do good work. Exactly. Right? So everything you're saying is within the context, assuming that we're doing good work. And I think this is a good point for us to point out. Uh, there are types of work in which Christians ought not to participate, right? Let's be very clear. There ought to be no Christians in the pornography industry. There ought to be no Christians in the in the culture of death, in the abortion industry, because those things by their very nature are not good work. Um, so, so productivity is increasing our capacity for good work. And to that end, the, the, the increased capacity for good work should be the mark of every Christian work. Of course. So the last one that we get is community. And, and this is the idea of doing our work together. And I think this is a marked difference that we often see whenever we're looking at, uh, whenever we're looking at Christian versus non-Christian workers. It, Christians ought to have a particular view of how we work together within our organization. So, so what's the particular Christian view of community? I think that God gives us the community you know, particularly gives us the the church. We see a, a community in the church and the way that people interact there. And we see that that's a based on a commonality. And then whenever we get out of the community of the church into the organization, God gives us the opportunity to make community there as well. And we see that those relationships might not be perfect. Not that the church has got the most perfect relationships, but we're seeing that those relationships might be flawed because of Genesis 3. We live in a Genesis 3 world. And so those community relationships can be developed and should be developed for greater productivity, greater diligence among the full organization. So we're seeing working in community 
is going to have its problems, but it can result in greater productivity for the for the company, which will in the end honor the Lord with the way that we live our lives, the way that we continue to progress the company for the glory of God, even if it's not a Christian company, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and I think all of this is showing us the major difference between Christian and non-Christian work is the mission of the work. Others may be diligent. Others may be productive. Others may be able to work well in community uh, and be excellent in their work in these things. However, Christians do these things for a particular reason, and that reason is the name of Jesus. So while there's non-negotiables to how Christians ought to work, the difference, as you said at the very beginning of this discussion, is not necessarily just the way in which they work, but the reason for exactly. which they work, and, and, and most specifically, the Lord for whom they are working, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So we, we come to the end of this uh, this specific mission Christians have, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. That's, that's the admonition that Paul gives us through the inspiration of the Spirit here at the end of Colossians 3.17. Uh, how is my work worship, Aaron? And I ask you this as a as a worship pastor, right? As someone that this is this is what you spent so much of your life thinking about. How's my work worship? So the way that we respond to God, worship is a rhythm of revelation and response. And God reveals Himself to us in the Scripture. He reveals Himself to us in nature, and we see God at work all around us. And so if he is working in our life and shows us his care and his providence by providing a job, not only providing a job, but providing a means to support your family and take care of you, if he has given that, then our lives should be lived in thanksgiving and in a way that would honor him through the way that we use the gifts and steward the gifts that he's given us. So we're thinking about a a heart of thanksgiving in the way that we work and a heart of stewardship that we would honor. God in what we have, what we're doing, whether that's in the job that we love or whether that's in the job that we're hoping lasts only a short season, we're finding a way to give thanks in all things and to steward the gift that God's given us through uh, developing our skills, developing our gifts, and using those for the the betterment of the organization that we're serving uh, during that time. And I think that that really is at the heart of worship. It's thanksgiving and praise to our God and our Creator who's provided these things. Yeah, absolutely. And when we think about this, we think about the amount of time we spend at work and mm-hmm. how important it is for us to execute what you're talking about there. That 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 worship would extend into our working lives as a as as a pastor, one of the things that I try to remember whenever I'm preaching to the congregation is that of all the things to which I'm admonishing the congregation, I want to give them application of a text in the way that it affects their church life and their family life and their personal life. But, but as I look out at my congregation, most of them are going to spend 40 plus hours a week in a job, in a vocation. And so if, if we're not thinking through how do we worship through this huge part of our lives, we are just, there's a, there's a gaping hole in the practical way that we practice our faith. Um, the last thing I want to just mention very quickly here, and this is something that we'll we'll talk more as the the podcast goes on about evangelism and about why there's uh, why, why evangelism is crucial to the biblical worldview. But I I just want to say really very quickly uh, how essential evangelism is to our ministry in the workplace. Um, not necessarily just that we're approaching our colleagues with canned evangelism methodologies or canned presentations, though there could be a place for that. 
but more specifically, that as we see our, our role in the workplace is giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus, doing all of our work in the name of Jesus. Part of our prayer and our hope is that God would be glorified not only in the product of our work for the sake of the company, but in the product of our kingdom work as our co-workers hear the gospel, see the implications of the gospel in our work, and then glorify God through coming to the Father as worshipers of the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. So evangelism also plays a crucial role in this. Absolutely. I think you're creating that ethos, that opportunity for you to build a relationship and to speak truth into people's lives whenever God does open those doors. Whenever we're in seminary, I know that you've been in through many evangelism classes, and so have I, and heard many chapel sermons as well. And one of the things that has stuck with me over the years that we were, were taught to pray, and I continue to pray this even in a Christian college with Christian students is, God, would you open the doors for me to speak today? Would you open my eyes to see these doors that are open? And then finally, would you give me the courage to walk through those doors? And if we haven't built the the, the ethos under us for, for our colleagues to respect us and know that we do diligent work, that we are productive, and that we seek for the betterment of the company, for the glory of God, if they know that, then we have a much greater opportunity to speak and see those doors that are open, have the courage to go through them, and then have a platform to speak on those things. And so where it's really an intertwined thought about evangelism in the workplace. It's working hard, being diligent, being honoring to God for kingdom's sake, and then seeing the doors that are opening, being brave to walk through them. Yeah, you know, that's excellent. Thanks so much for listening to the Transform podcast. Transformed is a resource provided by Shorty University, a Christian liberal arts university in Rome, Georgia. For more resources provided by Transformed, including podcast episodes, book reviews, and articles, check out transform.shorter.edu. For more information on Shorter University, go to shorter.edu. Tune in next week as we continue to explore issues related to the biblical worldview. Thanks so much for joining us. Take care. Take care.